poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and John Chai. Today on Tactical Tuesday, John and I are going to be looking at a few hands where you flop sets out of the big blind. Happy day. Um, however, the first hand that we're going to cover is going to be when to bluff catch when you flop a set out of the big blind. Uh, and the second hand is going to be maximizing value. Um, I don't know exactly what's going to lead to us bluff catching after flopping a set, but I'm going to go on a limb and say that it's going to be a pesky four straight, four flush run out, something that makes a set not so good. Uh, and, and as always, this is the host of Tactical Tuesday, Coach Brad Wilson, along with my co-host, Mr. John Chai. How you doing, sir? Doing good. Uh, I'm going to be the one bluff catching with the set, so not great. <laughs> could be Things could be better. Um, <laughs> interestingly, there actually is no crazy run out four straight four flush run out and we're still bluff catching which is i don't even know if i would believe that if someone told me that that that, that was possible but i'm here to show you that it is okay well let's dive into hand number one i i think um i'm intrigued i'm i want to see what goes on to make you be so scared with with your set <laughs> uh you, you want to break down the action Sure. So we're playing fast fold two five. So we don't have any reads on our opponents. Action folds around to the button. Opens to two and a half big blinds, starting with a roughly two hundred big blind stack. So everything so far points to reg. Uh, folds to us in the big blind with pocket fives, easy defend. We start out with about hundred and fifty bigs, and as promised, we flop a set on ace king five to two tone feeling okay so far feeling pretty good i mean you know not, not like we have a complete like hammer lock on this on this hand but set's a set a set is a set i mean 150 bigs like yeah i imagine you're gonna check because that's the thing to do on ace king five uh two tone mm -hmm. you start out by checking um would not be surprised to face an overbet here on ace king five two tone from the in position player. So let's see what they do. They do not overbet. They underbet. They go a third. Um, and it, it, interestingly, I, I think that uh, now I still think it's probably a, a bigger bet board ace king five two tone. Um, third is interesting. Pretty unexpected actually. Yeah, a little surprised to see a third on this board as well. think maybe what that starts pointing towards is that this is more likely to be maybe a rag on the weaker side that is also just very likely over betting this flop, considering that, it, you know, on the surface, it looks like they're betting their their entire range. Um, Hard to know. Like, still, th these are yeah. things that, like, kind of assumptions that that I think we make very often where it's like, oh, they use a small size, so they're probably betting their entire range. And there's like, there's really no way to know that. The only thing that we actually know is that they bet a small size for some reason that is currently unknown. Um, mm -hmm. And again, like, you know, we, we covered a hand like this a while back where a villain uses like a small size, but it was more in the like trapping nature. 
Um, so yeah, I, I don't really know exactly what to make of it uh, other than, you know, you get to raise your, you get to check raise your set and feel pretty good about it. Yeah. Hopefully we're not, we're not, it's not, it's not one of those trapping nature, small bets. Yeah. So they bet eight into 27, you check raise to 40 and villain bet three bets, the flop to 91. So like a click bet three bet. Now I'm worried that the small bet was of a trapping nature a little bit more than I was two seconds ago. Uh, this is actually, honestly, the main decision point, uh, I think, in this hand um, and the spot that I had the most questions about. Uh, man, okay, sucks to get clicked in a spot where we never have top set or middle set, and mm -hmm. they do. Um, would feel, wasn't sure if this is a situation where I should just be happy just getting all the money in and, you know, hopefully counting on them to obviously have combos of like ace-king and ace-five that, you know, that might call it off. They might have, you know, combo draws and queen-jack, queen-ten of hearts, jack-ten of hearts, those sorts of hands. Maybe even like king-x of hearts. That's, I'm not exactly sure what it's doing. Um, Finding some way to like overrealize and check back the turn. Basically, like it felt, if their range here is something like sets two pairs and then combo draws. It felt really gross to like let those combo draws just overrealize, I guess, by calling here. I'm, I'm, I don't even know if that that they're overrealizing because they would just call it off if I jam. Basically, didn't know what to do here. Basically. Combo draw is gonna 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 realize. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they're, yeah. They're, they're they're gonna see. Yeah. They're they're gonna see it, right? Like you jam, they're gonna call. They're gonna realize. Like it doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the bet three bet here is kind of weird. Their sizing is also kind of weird. You would like I, I would expect if they have like a set of aces to go on the larger side facing the check raise, considering you are gonna have a lot of equity driven check raises in your range that can like pretty easily call the the click. So like again, like we, we have kind of two weird sizing choices from villain. We have the small bet and then we have like the small click. I'm not really as afraid of this small click as you are. I would expect to see maybe some like hands that have decent blocker properties, um, like block of five, for instance, maybe like five, six of spades. Uh, so like block block the the bottom set, which is your your highest equity check raise, as well as you know ace five suited. Um, I just I'm gonna heavily discount like kings and aces from their bet three bet range because of their sizing here. I, I think their their size here just both data points as it relates to size don't make sense for aces and kings. Um, really? What about uh? Are you are you just eliminating kind of like all value from this size? Like, would you also eliminate hands like ace king and ace five and king five? Um, or is there something specific special about aces and kings? <sighs> Maybe not ace king, because I don't think like like obviously like aces and kings, they they can play for all the money, right? Like they don't really, you know, they're happy playing for all the money. I I guess like ace king becomes a little bit dicier, just like bet three betting and then calling off a rip when you don't three bet pre flop because that's gonna eliminate your your like queen jacks and jack tens of hearts at yep. some frequency. Um. You'll, so you'll have like you'll show up with queen ten of hearts, but that's not as good. I mean, you, you, like 
you'll show up with Queen of Hearts. You're probably not going to show up with King X of Hearts. You're going to show up with Ace Five that they dominate, um, and that's really the only like made hand they dominate. I guess King Five as well. Uh, but then they lose to Bottom Set, which is going to be a prominent value hand in your check raise range. It's a hand that doesn't three bet preflop, and you know you, you have it in full, and you're willing to stack off, which is you know kind of why like Ace King and Kings are like great. Like we, we get to like stack off here and, and like stack Bottom Set every time but when they have ace king like now they're gonna end up running into fives a lot which is quite bad for ace king so like i would i, I would eliminate like all the value from the range i think they probably maintain ace king um probably lose aces and kings or aces or kings uh and then you know may have some like uh, some of those combo draws in their range too like the queen jacks the queen tens i think those those are fine and then like their lower equity hands i, I expect to be like blocking bottom set somehow um yeah with a back door i guess another combo draw they could have in the range is sort of the bottom end combo draw the three fours maybe deuce four and yeah. that's true i mean we could too right like we, we we have we have yeah that's three. the combo draw that we have yeah yeah we, we we have those combo draws too so um yeah it's just a weird it's a weird sizing because like yeah it, very odd size sizing selection by villain um so the question is, do you call or do you bet or, or do you just like rip? Um, I guess you, you did mention that we have combo draws in the range, in our range. I think we can probably get called by Ace King. We can probably get called by Ace Five. I'm not sure they have a bunch of hands that like don't call a four bet on the flop. Um, besides, maybe they're like bottom, bottom pair with backdoor blocker type hand. Uh, or maybe, you know, if they have like four, three of spades or something like that, I guess that could be like a reasonable, reasonable bet, three bet hand or queen, jack of spades yeah. or queen, 10 of spades, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, the question is like how often those hands like barrel off and how often do they just like kind of overrealize by checking behind? Um, mm -hmm. I don't know the answer. Uh, I suspect that just putting more money into the pot now is going to be the way to go, especially when you have like perceived bluffs in your range. It's questionable as to whether or not those like uh, you know gut shots with backdoor flush draws are going to put a lot more money in the pot downstream. So yeah, I think you just put the money in right now and kind of bank on there being some removal to aces and kings, and they're just not. It, it it's it's very it's way easier for them to bet three bet a range that has no bluffs than a range that has uh too many bluffs so i would also kind of bank on that yeah so eliminate a lot of the top end of their range the aces and the kings that we would normally be concerned about when we have bottom set because of their clicking size and then also just kind of realize that they are more likely to be under bluffing when they bet three bet the flop than they are to be over bluffing and when you kind of put those two things together um it's it like makes yeah. a lot of sense just to get the money in now versus a range that we're likely ahead of and in a spot where they probably aren't bluffing very frequently, which means that there's less value in like kind of just check calling here and hoping they put all the money in with Queen Jack or six seven of spades or seven five of spades or what you know, whatever whatever they have. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and I don't think like I did not go ahead. Oh sorry, I was just gonna say I didn't just like a big I'm just starting off the analysis. I did not discount aces and kings um due to the size. I actually kind of peed my pants a little bit. <laughs> well I Again, I, I don't I don't think like pissing your pants is a tangible data point that should drive drive your decision making uh, here here on the flop. Um, if they have a set of aces or kings, you're getting stacked 
pretty much every time, no matter what, like it's going to be just really difficult for you to not get stacked. Um, you need like kind of a, a miracle, like, and your quote unquote miracle is actually like cards that significantly hurt you like a heart. Um, right. So yeah, I'm guessing that's going to lead you to just calling this flop bet three bet. I just called. Yep. And planned on. Yeah. It turns a Jack. Um, there's two 10 in the pot. You check, you've got 600 behind Dylan bets pot. Um, yeah, I mean, but there's not really much yeah, of a decision. Kind of locked into my locked into my fate. Yeah, I mean, like I think you should jam the turn. Again, like I I, I don't know if you are going to jam the turn, but you don't. Yeah, I ended up just calling down. I guess yeah, I can see like the I see like the jam turn argument for sure. Um, I think I was just um I think like for the rest of the hand after I got bet three bet on the flop, but I was just way too tentative and like passive um this turn call included but yeah there's just going to be like infinite rivers where um like one of the disasters would be like a river where it goes check check because of the four liner or three flush and we don't get to stack a hand like ace king or some for some reason ace five and king five decides to pick the size on the turn and bet three bet the flop like not stacking those hands would be terrible also we would likely just have to fold if we did get jammed on on one of those one of those terrible rivers um yeah you're, you're basically carving out a path where on yeah we're, we're like it i guess i guess there is is a world where you know the queen or the 10 can make it to where like you don't get stacked by aces or aces and kings so yeah. most of this hinges on aces and kings being in their range from your perspective right if if i'm if what i'm saying is true and and we can remove most of their aces and kings from their range then you know jamming the turn is going to go significantly up in value it, it feels um because the downside is like a four straight or three flush where you don't sack ace king but if they maintain aces and kings then the four straight and the three flush can save you from getting stacked when they do have aces and kings and so like that's that's really where most of this hand hinges on whether or not villain has like top set and second set um in their range so there we go. And it's, at least my decision making is consistent from flop to turn, right? I was like, well, I think they have top set and second set a bunch in their range, so I'm just going to call the flop. Yeah. And yep. now I'm just going to hope that I get to check fold the river or the river goes check, check. Yeah. So the river is an eight of clubs, and you don't get to, you don't get, get your wish of it going check, check, although I don't know that you really want that wish. Uh, no, not yeah. on this. Yeah, don't don't think you want you want it to go check check. Um, they they jam. You got four hundred left, and at this like there there's really nothing you can do. Um, you're just locked into calling. So, I assume that you call. Yeah, and... just hope they have ace king like they do, or maybe some other two pair combo. I guess you could have they could have the aforementioned like four three of hearts, um, maybe deuce four of hearts, something like that. Um. Uh, that's kind of another interesting like problem with just calling the turn is like you, you make it to where like their uh steel wheel draws just play pretty well on the river just like uh like I, mm -hmm. I jam when i hit i check when i miss yeah. um that's pretty big downside um to check calling the turn but here we are and they have ace king so you win a 
gigantic pot, I guess, relatively speaking. What is $1,400? $1,400 pot. I don't know how many big blinds it is. It's close to 300 big blinds, I guess. So, well done. I agree about the flop. Thought you kind said that. The size more. Thought you said that. You know that this was bluff catching. This not max, value maxing. I guess we'll we'll see what happens in the in the value maxing after the break. As you can probably tell from the way that I played my hand, I, I was not in like a value maxing mindset throughout the hand. I was in like a oh my god, I got bet three bet on the flop mindset. Um, Key takeaway. Yeah, I think value maxing yeah, I think is that, a mindset. <laughs> Even though you uh, did max value, <laughs> I didn't know. I, I was. I didn't. I didn't know that I wanted to. I guess until until I saw his hand on the river. Um, but yeah, I think. I think for me, like the big takeaway is just like reading into the flop, the flop, uh, bet three bet sizing, and then um, kind of just staying like clear headed on the turn and seeing the jam instead of still being like shell shocked from the previous street. Yeah, good stuff. Maxing value after flopping a set. Coming right at you. Stick around. The CPG Wolves. Josiah. The fact of the matter is I just earn more money playing poker now than I did before becoming a wolf. Elijah. There's a lot that can happen in life and in poker life. And Brad has never given up on me. Jeremiah. My game has improved drastically. I'm not even the same player that I was then. So yeah, transformative for sure. Jack. I think if I'd have to describe my Wolves experience in one word, it would just be growth. Bobby. Everyone's pretty high on how great the coaching is and the sense of community, but I think the retreats are one of the things that I really enjoy the most. Rusty. I'm a much better poker player. I'm a much better person. I'm in shape. I feel good. Being a part of this community, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. The WolfTryouts.com. The decision to enter a hand is fundamental to poker strategy. Too tight, and they know what you have. Too loose, and you're easy to run over. Free Flop Bootcamp from Chasing Poker Greatness is a comprehensive guide to locking down your pre-flop game and creating true range advantage. Eight days of guided training, over 60 optimal ranges, and access to a dedicated community of players that will push your pre-flop game from a place of weakness to your greatest strength. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp. Available now. All right. Welcome back, John. About to flop another set. Going to try to maximize value. He's got two sixes, which means it's going to be going to get fairly demonic here in the back half of, of Tactical Tuesday. So if you don't like dealing in demonic things, I think now's the time to, to switch channels. Um, John, you want to break down the action here? Yep, same game. Fast fold 500, get a 3x open from the button this time, starting off with a 100 big blind stack. We obviously call sixes in the big blind and get the 763 monotone board. Boom! Triple sixes. Don't know if this is Pretty the way that you drew it up on a three straight, three flush flop, but 
Now, now th- it's funny that this is the one that's like value maxing and the, the other one is bluff catching. <laughs> help me make sense of it, listener. Help, help me make sense of it. Um, so here on the flop, uh, already have a decision point on kind of mono and three, three low board. Uh, you, you can certainly have a lead here. You have a hand that probably wants to lead here. I would just mm-hmm. lead here. <laughs> this is <laughs> my, my case. Uh, I would just basically bet a third. Um, and leave it at that. Yeah. I start out with check. Like I always do in these spots where you think about donking and I think about it, but never actually do it. Fair. Feeling bets big. Okay. So this is again, the first kind of decision point for me on the flop did not expect the size. Uh, most of the time on monotone boards, I expect a bunch of checking and a bunch of small betting. If I do see a C bet, uh, very very rare that I get to, that I see a C bet this size on a monotone board. Um, I don't know how 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 would you kind of read into this? I guess it it seems like it's off the bat. We can probably start making a few assumptions about this player. They three x the button, yeah. Um, then use this really big size on in a situation where you rarely see good study players use this size. So, right, probably on the fishy side, probably. Probably, I yeah. think that that's the, the first place that I would kind of land. And you know, the the problem I think is with kind of auto tagging villain as uh, you know the 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 fish, the wreck, the the white belt profile here is that if you're wrong, it can get kind of bad, <laughs> like downstream, right? Because like here we're at a decision point where like my intuition tells me to call. But against, um, you know, like a, a, a white belt, um, you know, a, a, an unsteady player, I would probably raise um, thinking that they can like overvalue some of their like overpairs without a spade type hands and playing turns can get like really dicey, especially on like four straight or a four flush turn. So you're kind of like hoping that the turn doesn't scare them from placing uh, another bet whereas they probably will call a check raise on the flop um but if you check raise a rag here who just happened to use a big size it's going their range using the big size i feel is going to be substantially different than the wreck and that can lead to like some really big downstream problems so like yeah it's very interesting situation here and very interesting dynamic not knowing the profile of the opponent that you're playing against for sure um, I, my intuition wants to call, but I could also like raising would also make sense to me too. Versus the versus a reg C bet on the sport, even if they size down to a third, I likely think I would be following your intuition and just be calling middle set. Um, definitely versus the larger size. Um, I had pretty much the exact, exact same thought process that you had where I thought like, okay, this seems like, uh, probably a more white belt-ish style player on the button. Um, they're using this big size. They probably have lots of overpairs, some with a spade, some with not that use this size. Maybe they just have like some nut flush draws. Maybe they, I don't know, start overvaluing some other hands um, in a way that, and in, in a way that like a stronger reg might not, maybe they're, you know, more happy about getting a hundred big blinds in on this flop than they should be with, let's say like hands with like nines and tens with a spade or something like that. Um, and yeah, I tried to, I kind of really read into the size and decided to 
kind of leverage that as much as I could and um, check raise here in a spot where I, versus a stronger reg, I, I, I mean, is it even would good? not have like, a check raise range? I, I find it hard against either profile to feel good about just getting the money in on the flop. Like, just even even against like a white belt, it's like, oh great, like they yeah. have like eleven outs with aces with a spade. Woohoo! Like it's not. Yeah, I guess I was belt. also hopeful that this is the type of player that might just stick it in with red aces on just see like overpair whatever okay i'm just putting it in and, and before any really terrible cards come on the turn or the river that that downgrade the aces even more than they are now yeah that's very very hopeful of you john you're a hopeful guy <laughs> so you check raise to 79 um villain calls so no bet three bet probably okay wow what a turn um yeah. tray of clubs on the turn so board pairs and now now you got you got everything you want in life. So it's too good. It almost feels like I could do anything here on the turn. Feels like checking is on the table. Betting is definitely on the table with the hand. I think checking would be catastrophic. Yeah, I don't check, check. Checking would be atrocious. Uh, checking is not on the table. Like when villain can just like have ace king ace queen with a with a spade and just like check behind like that I, I think checking like essentially they don't have hands that are going to fold to a bet or they have very very few hands that are so like checking with a boat would be atrocious um so yeah we, we can take that off the table i believe we're not having checking for dinner eh, okay and, i don't check but i think they're no, i think not as as strongly against it as brad is yeah i think checking is terrible um you could bet half too. I think half would be my size and not a third. Uh, again, no. I don't think they have like extra hand. I don't think like any hand that like calls a third is going to fold to half. So like, again, I think you're just costing yourself money by not going bigger. You're on the turn. Yeah, could definitely size up and just target, just continue targeting pocket pairs with a spade plus high one spade hands. Like the What else do they have? The spade six. You check raise a flop. Pretty big. I don't know. This guy bet big on the flop. He could have a if he showed up here with like eight nine. Would you be? Would I be surprised? Not not completely or like ten eight. Like who knows? Eight five. Okay, that's that's a exceptionally exceptionally greedy. Um, we're already we're already in crazy world with the with the two thirds or three quarter whatever you decide to use on the flop. I I like how on the flop when they use the big size, you read a lot into it. And then, like on the turn, you forget everything that you read into it, and now they can all of a sudden have like eight, nine, and eight, ten, like that. Those hands were like not on the table, and like check calling the flop was was an option. But now that you check raise and made a boat, it's like, oh no, wait, no, they they can have other hands here. Like let's let's be hopeful that they have like eight, nine, or eight, ten, which are, well, are, are like hands that. that would be okay. Like you check calling the flop against too. Well, not if they call a check raise. <laughs> okay. All right, whatever. You bet a third. <laughs> I don't even know. Like we're, you, you bet a third because your your hand got too good and you didn't know what to do. I just want to keep their range as wide as possible. Going on the river, going to the river would really like them to not fold any of the hands that are yeah drawing gonna, dead. We're gonna show up to the river and they're gonna have eight ten and it's gonna be super, no. They don't have they I'll, super, I'll save you the, They don't have eight nine or eight ten. Um, river's a king of diamonds. They've got three thirty eight. Uh, wouldn't it be nice if you know they had three hundred, and there was four hundred in the pot here on this King of King of Diamonds River. I think it would be nice, but you jam. Oh, you check. 
Wow. I don't even know what's going on now. Give me the rationale. What range are you targeting with a jam? Queens, jacks, tens, nines with a spade. All the hands that we set on the flop would bet call with a spade. And they're most likely candidates. So eights through queens, queens, jacks, tens, nines, eights, 15 combos of, or 30 combos of over pairs that would have played exactly like this would be my, my target. Yeah. I was worried that on the king of diamonds, I didn't know how best, like if that should change the range that I'm targeting on the river or change my strategy. Like I would be really happy about targeting over pairs and be really excited on, I don't know, an undercard river. Um, I was worried about like what undercard worried that, huh? What undercard? I don't know. Like a, Four, a five, deuce or a board pairing river, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, deuce. A deuce is the only one that doesn't make a four straight. So, like, I mean, okay. So, like, uh, really an under pair to an under pair to a lot of a lot of their their over pairs, I guess. So maybe not an under pair to the board, but an under pair to you know queens, jacks, tens, some that sort of region. Um, was worried that like here, I didn't know if it was now worth start start now worth start starting to think about like okay is it better for them letting them like either value on themselves with hands that are definitely going to call the jam and bluff whatever hands they have left to bluff and sacrifice like potentially sacrifice some value from like the queens jacks tens nines that i'm not even sure are going to call a jam on this river okay all right well you check and let's see what happens i'm guessing they jam and hopefully they'll have ace queen with the ace of spades or ace five with the. I don't think ace they even need it that much. Huh? Yeah, I don't think they. I think it was like the queen of spades or something like that. But yeah, they do find a bluff jam on the river. I don't know. And it was ace of spades. <laughs> ace of spades, queen of hearts. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess checking the river did work out, versus this hand, the ace of spades, which is going to be a part of their range, right? Like busted nut flush draw, ace jack, ace queen spade spade or a spade um type hands so you did win the max i believe versus this sounds hand. like you're still so yeah sounds like you're very much still in the jam the river camp i am i am and the bet bigger on the turn camp i think yeah, yeah. out of all the things that happened in this hand i think this this one is the one that i'm most most against is this turn yeah, they to just turn don't size. have any hands once they once they big bet the flop and call the check raise they just don't have any hands that are going to fold facing half or have very few hands that are going to fold facing half on the turn so size up max out versus whatever hands they have on the turn and you know if they do have a hand like eights nines tens jacks queens it's really important to get like an extra i don't know six big blinds here six seven big blinds here uh, when you do get rivers like the king yeah. of diamonds seven or eight seven or eight big blinds yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, if I'm worried about like not being able to target those hands for value on, you know, overcard rivers like the king, then it's really important to get that value here on the turn before. I mean, you just sacrifice like, like that happens. You, you sacrifice value versus like the majority of their range to target what is almost certainly a very, very small portion of their range. Like you, I guess, yeah. I mean, I just wasn't as confident as you are that I was good. I could target that range for value on the river anymore. No, I mean on the turn. Like oh, okay, yeah. Because yeah, on the okay. turn, you, you said like you're, you're turning like eight ten or eight nine. It's like, well, that's like a very small portion of their range compared to all the hands that will just call half pot. So like you're 
like the, the small bet, I, I think is the biggest, that, that's a, that's the thing that I have the biggest bone bone to pick yeah. is, is the small okay. bet on the turn. Um, then on the river, I mean, your rationale makes sense. They do have like busted, busted nut flush draws. The King is a tough one to get paid when they have like queen checks since nines. So yeah, I, I can see the check now in, in hindsight. So well done. You did it. Got the ace queen to bluff it off. Got the ace queen to bluff it off. We have a bonus for you, or you have a bonus for them, right? <laughs> Is this a... Yeah, there's a bonus hand at the end. Um, there's this third hand for all the loyal listeners who have stuck around. I'm going to get it in pre flop with seven high, and I don't think you're going to have a heart attack. <laughs> okay, so. Okay, well, we'll see. So we have a limp from the cutoff. You over limp from the button. This is already getting weird with six, seven suited. Like you could clear, like you probably, you should ISO this. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm already like considering I what's going the, on here. A reasonable over limping range is like small pocket pairs and small suited connectors that you're, small to medium suited connectors, I guess that you're, the small pocket pairs just... I can get on board with these like small suited connectors. I think there's just more value in ISOing them, ISOing the cutoff limp just than getting heads up versus the cutoff. Yeah, for okay. sure. Um, the small blind completes. The big blind makes it 25, which is they're taking, they're assuming your role here. Uh, now the cutoff calls. You call the small blind makes it one fifty, so they overlimp. Makes it thirty big blinds. Overlimp back raised. Okay. Uh, big blind folds. Cut off folds, and you're just gonna rip it. What on earth am I watching right now? This is like, this is so bizarre. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't really imagine. Like, I can't. I can't even imagine what hand they have. So it's like it's, un, unless they're like colluding or something, right? Like that. That that would be the the obvious uh, <laughs> the obvious thing. Even where, if they were colluding, it's like what. <laughs> like how do you have a good like why would you collude in this way like well that's pretty obvious right you just limp aces knowing the big blind's going to raise every time and knowing these two guys are going to call and then you just back raise like I, I think this is the spot where you would collude with a strong hand um if one yeah, were okay, okay. in the in the colluding business like i guess you, that's, a, that's you never have any danger of big, of the big blind checking so you could just limp all your best hands, the big blind. Yeah. 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 Um, so you better hope they're not colluding because things are going to end poorly. If, if they are, you jam, what is almost certainly like pocket fives or pocket fours. Um, they call, <laughs> they tank all the way down and then call flick it in at the last second. Tanking all the way down is, is, is only 10 seconds or something like that in this format. So it wasn't like a long tank. So, <laughs> so you get it in pre with the six seven of clubs. I I don't even I I don't even know. Wait, okay. So assuming that you didn't ISO, I know that you would. You said you would have just ISO the cutoff with seven six of clubs. Um, let's just just talking about ripping it 
preflop first. Are you just folding facing the 30 big blind re weird squeeze here? I have no idea. I don't even I don't even want to entertain it because like it's not it's this is not it's not a situation that I would like ever find myself in. So like, you know, at least with like a small pocket pair, you have like decent equity. Like here you could be like accidentally dominated by like a7 or something. Like it's Well, not... I thought those hands might fold. Yeah, I, I don't know that they do. Like I don't I don't know that like any hand that they choose. I mean, I because you're, you're it looks like you have pocket fives here. Like I think like they would just range you as pocket fives and be like, okay, well, now there's you know, two hundred twenty five in the pot. Yeah, they they need like thirty six percent equity to call, and like every hand that they do this with has thirty six percent equity. So like I, I think that like you're just getting called. Wait, every wait. how time. do you know that every hand they do this with has thirty six percent equity? I think that's a huge assumption. You just think that like every hand they decide to thirty big blind squeeze it here with has two overs to pocket fives and pocket sixes and probably. I mean, really? I guess they have like, like King Deuce offsuit and Ace Deuce suited and like just three, four. Like he, he completed facing limp limp from the small blind. I don't know. I don't know, John. Um, I, I have no idea. Like, I think like, you know, the, the problem with like Ace Deuce suited is it ISOs from the small blind versus two limps very, very often. Um, it also is like a good multi way hand to like complete with. So, like, I think that those, that, that type of hand, like, probably just, isn't in their range and it's going to be more like queen jack off or ace nine off or something ace 10 off so something around those those lines um maybe like a maybe something like eight nine suited or like a bigger seven eight suited nine ten suited something like that that decided to overlimp and then back raise i mean you overlimped with a suited connector so like what they, they could also overlimp with with a suited yeah. connector um i guess yeah. they could yeah and those are the ones that are like most likely to call versus small pocket pairs. Five, six suited, less likely to call because you could just be jamming fives or sixes yourself. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm, I'm not loving it, but it's not my life. <laughs> you do flop a flush. <laughs> I just saw the 30 big, I saw the 30 big wine squeeze. I was like, no way, man. Not, I can't, I'm not letting this happen. Yes. Yes. Cause, cause you're not putting, put my foot down with a seven high. Yeah. You, you, you're not getting out of line either over limping from the, uh, <laughs> yeah, over limping like the button versus the cutoff. Like both, both of you are extremely out of line. And this is like, this, this is what's what the result is. I just, I was just like, look, it's obvious that he's getting out of line. I'm going to make it really obvious that I'm getting out of line, but hopefully if I'm just like the first one to the trigger, you just won't be able to do anything with a big part of the range that's getting out of line. No, you've but both. It sounds like you think that, it I mean, sounds like you think that. You've basically both He's declared that you're getting out of line and you're just going to get it in for like 120 bigs with like two bad, two terrible hands and live with the results. <laughs> like that, that, that's what I see. Um, he could fold flop. There's no way. I don't think they're ever folding. I like, I just, I think you're just getting it in here with seven high against a range that's like never folding. Um, so yeah, my, you were wrong in your, your assessment of, <laughs> How I would feel about getting it in with seven high. Um, yes. Flop is ace jack three. Put it as I was. Ace jack three, yeah. club club. Damn, rolling. Uh, yeah. Well, you turn a flush, so I guess it doesn't really matter what what they have, unless they have a higher <laughs> flush. Um, yeah, they have an offsuit Broadway king jack off, which again, like this is a hand that like totally fits the bill for for what they did. Um, 
and yeah, that's it. <laughs> you win the pot with with uh, ran out flush. Game. You won your sixty. You won your forty sixty, like God intended. And uh, that's we're going to end tactical Tuesday on this note of perplexion. I guess is where I'm at. I got nothing left. I'm in with seven eye. Just I'm leaving perplexed. All right. See you next week. Hopefully we'll be less perplexed next time. I'm still going to be perplexed next week. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community. Book a coaching session or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast. The CPG Wolves. The people in Wolves are highly intelligent and they're successful. And they're not just successful in poker, they're successful in other realms of life. The coaching in general is very eye-opening. It, it doesn't take long for your biases and preconceived notions of how poker is played to be out in the open and under the reality of data. Most of us share the same values and goals, so the support and drive to help each other succeed has just been invaluable. The resources are just endless. Um, I really feel that commitment every single day. I couldn't even beat 50 NL online, and now I'm playing 500 NL. Coach John is just an absolute machine. Coach Brad is pretty much the only person that I would blindly trust to guide me through my poker career. The grass is greener on this side of the fence. And I think you just have a good time too. Go to wolftryouts.com to apply.